Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I am joined by Joey Gruner, who is a former teacher at both Muhammad Seymour and Fisher, and also the longtime girls soccer coach at Muhammad Seymour, I think for about eight or nine years, right, Joey? That's correct, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm excited to have a little conversation. So I'm uh, going to just kind of start with where you are now. And since uh, August of 2021, you've been the athletics communication assistant at Butler University in Indianapolis. So uh, if you would uh, just talk a little bit about, first of all, what prompted you to leave the, the coaching and teaching aspect and, and uh, pursue something different? Um, you know, my just being around um, college athletics at the University of Illinois, mainly with the, the women's soccer program, I spent a lot of time there watching training sessions and games during the time I was coaching. And I ended up helping out with the Big Ten tournament when they hosted it. And I do not remember the year. It might have been somewhere around 2010, 11, or 12, I think. Um, but I just really felt like I wanted to do something different for the last chapter of, of my working career anyway um, than teaching. And so I went ahead and pursued a master's degree at Illinois um, in recreation, sport, and tourism. I already had a Besides my degree in education, I had a degree in landscape architecture as well. And I thought, you know, something in sport or, or recreation parks, wasn't quite sure. But um, so after I got the master's degree, I completed that in 2016 and began looking for um, different possibilities. Uh, didn't find anything right away and just kept teaching and retired from co the coaching aspect. The, the main catalyst for us was our daughter and son-in-law moving to Indianapolis and then starting to have a family. So we had, you know, first one and then two grand babies and my wife really wanted to be closer to them. And it, and it just seemed like a good time to transition. So we came to Indianapolis and uh, actually came right in the middle of, we didn't plan it this way, but by the time we been set up to sell our house and move is right when COVID hit. So we were right. We moved over here in July of 2020, um, which, you know, didn't make it easy to meet new people. And, and um, it made it, I, I think it made it, well, I know it made it a little more difficult looking for jobs, especially in college athletics, because everything was shut down, minimized, and a lot of probably everywhere was hit financially and um, but anyway got the opportunity at Butler um, in August uh, for for a part-time position there in the athletics department and uh, I'm sure a key contributor to that was the fact that I'd been working um, as the sports information director at Parkland since I sort of transitioned into that, but I started really in November 2018, did it for a couple of years and ended up doing um, Parkland's spring 2021 season when uh, all eight sports were between January and May. I did that remotely from over here and made trips to Champaign from time to time. Um, and I'm sure that's what helped me to be able to land the position 
uh, Butler, which opened up in the following August. So at Butler, I was assigned, I'm the primary media contact and the uh, primary do, do the social media and game previews and, and recaps and just, just several different things. I'm the primary for men's soccer and women's soccer in the fall and then softball in the spring. And then in the winter, when it's only basketball, and of course, Butler, at Butler, basketball is really the, it, um, it's sort of the focus of, you know, the program there. Um, but everybody kind of helps out with basketball is what I'm getting at, either the men's or the women's program or a little bit of both. So I did more general kind of operations assistance and a lot of things with, with stats on the website. Um, but my, my responsibilities were definitely different during basketball season. Was it a little bit uh, unnerving for you when, when you moved to Indianapolis without a full-time job? I mean, was that, uh, uh, I mean, obviously kind of a, a little tough time, I would think, right? Yeah. Um, we, we, we had some, we kind of had some backup plans um, because my wife Angie and I had both, we, we technically early retired from teaching in Illinois and we chose to, to draw on our pensions early, which, um, you know, has a lot of different ramifications, but that gave us a little backup plan. It's not, it's certainly not a full salary or anything, um, but it gave us something to fall back on. And then we were both, she, she was uh, tutoring in Muhammad um, a couple years before we left and was looking into getting into tutoring, which is she, she started doing now here in, in uh, sort of West Indianapolis, the Brownsburg area. And then I, I just started looking for jobs. I actually started working with a soccer club uh, that's right across the street from our house. We're right across the street from the uh, Indianapolis Colts training facility. And it's surrounded by um, some uh, park, what was, it was, it's really technically parkland, but it's, there are about um, 35 soccer fields around it. And there's a club that operates there. So I actually uh, work with them some off and on helping out with tournament, tournament operations and some, some grounds maintenance. They call me all the time, but I don't have much time to get over there. But so I was just kind of doing odds and ends, but the main thing was we were having a lot of time to be able to spend with our with our grandkids and, and just uh, sort of pursuing what we could to make ends meet. Sure. So I want to back up a little bit. Uh, talk about your, your interest and passion in soccer. Is that a sport you had played uh, growing up? And is that kind of uh, what sparked your interest in, in getting into that uh, area as far as coaching? So actually my high school did not offer soccer. I grew up in Southern Illinois um, and I was really introduced to the sport through coaching when I was, uh, teaching, I was originally teaching at Urbana High School, and uh, Randy Blackman, who's obviously very well known there, he and I were good friends, and he encouraged me to come out and, and just start uh, helping out. Um, so I kind of learned learned the uh, the game originally from a coaching aspect through through watching and assisting him in practices and games. Um, 
And that was what got me started with it. The next thing I did was ended up going, we, we moved, our family moved down to Honduras for two years uh, from 2001 to 2003. And then one of the, I didn't really go down there to do it, but uh, what I ended up doing down there was doing youth soccer. Um, it's a little different than what it's like in the United States, a little hard to describe, but um so I worked with that for a couple of years down there. And then when I came back to sort of continued um, into that. And then my next real learning came from really from watching the University of Illinois program and then just doing it myself and just learning as we went. So talk a little bit about the transition that you made going from the, the teaching coaching aspect into more of the uh, media relations and sports information and distribution. Now, what, what was that transition like for you? So Parkland was a great transition for me. Um, I sort of jumped into that position and um, had a lot of leeway of what to do with the, the eight sports there. Uh, Brendan McHale brought me in and, and he and I just sort of talked about kind of what vision he wanted to have for the sports there. And of course, one person doing eight sports um, on a part-time basis, you know, we had to just get the basics for each of the eight sports and, and get the game recaps on the website and out to media and a little bit of social media stuff. Um, so then when I transferred to Butler, it was a very, very different situation. Now you're in an NCAA division one program. Um, and, it, and the biggest difference uh, is with the games, most of the games being broadcast and having announcers play by play, um, men and women, we have to get game notes and a lot of information out to those people for each and every game. And that was something I wasn't doing at Parkland at all. And that's what a huge chunk of my time now is for men's and women's soccer and softball is for each each contest or series if it's softball getting all of this pages of information out um, for the play-by-play -play people and so that's what i've that sort of has been the biggest uh, thing that i've done differently and then i do do i do live stats for each of those home home contests too now i i did do that at parkland for they do live stats for men's and women's basketball. So I was somewhat familiar with that. And at Butler, I do it for men's and women's soccer and softball. Was it kind of a bonus there at Butler that you got to work with men's and women's soccer? Is that kind of just a little something a little bit extra and, and, and special for you? It really was. When I, uh, when I interviewed, um, you know, I knew all of the different sports that they offered. And, you know, I thought I might end up doing track or golf or tennis and and i told them and they have lacrosse and all these different sports um i knew i wouldn't be doing anything primarily with basketball or even their football program um and i told them and it was true i said you know i'm, I'm willing to do anything but i think um you know looking at my resume they they offered that to say what well, would you have interest in doing men's and women's soccer in the fall i said i'd love to do that um and you know, I don't have that much background in, in softball specifically, you know, have never coached it or anything or played fast pitch. Um, but familiar enough, I even back in high school, I 
I actually had a job keeping book for little league baseball games and stuff. So I was familiar with, with keeping stats. So with those different backgrounds, they just, they sort of pick and choose where they put people. And, and I think they just did it based on what my resume was. Well, what is a typical day like for you? You, you get up, you get to work and uh, kind of just go through, uh, is it different day to day? It is different day to day because it de depends a lot on whether it's a, um, a day where there's an event, a, a game or not. Um, you know, every Monday is pretty much the same for me because that's the day we have to get nominations into the Big East Conference um, so from the past week. So I'm getting nominations in and I'm looking at, um, you know, for soccer, we would have four games a week. They would have two men's games and two women's games a week generally. So I'm working on those game notes, generally finishing up for one for the next game. And, and then I'm working three, four days ahead for the following game, doing a lot of different things simultaneously. And then I'm getting emails from the, the media, from the talent that's gonna be broadcasting the game. And then I'm setting up interviews with the, the coaches or the players. So there's a lot of back and forth emails there. Um, and then when it gets to game day, I'm, I'm doing social media um, for uh, what we call our emoji tweets, you know, with our, our stats and, and if, where it's on video, where people can see the game. And then you're statting the game when it's going on. And then after the game, I'm, I'm writing a lot of evenings, um, writing up the recaps of the games. And then all the stats have to be loaded onto the website. So, and it's just kind of all of those things thrown together and, and athletic schedules tend to, tend to vary a lot. You got evening games, you got weekend day games um, and all different days of the week. So it's, it's never a typical week. Um, it's doing the same kinds of things, but, but on a daily basis, you never quite, well, it's, it's just a little bit different every day for sure. No doubt. So now that you're a year or so into this, do you, do you find you miss the, the coaching and teaching aspect or is that something you've kind of uh, put behind you now? Um, I feel like I, I was ready to move on to something different and I'm glad I did. I, there are certainly aspects of it you miss. You miss, the, you miss the being around students and you miss being around the student athletes when you're coaching. Uh, definitely, I think my last year of coaching was 2018 and certainly the year after that, I certainly missed it a lot more, but at this point I've kind of moved on to it, to doing other things. I, I enjoy watching the, you know, the men's and women's soccer games, um, at a division one level and, you know, both, both Butler plays big 10 teams, especially in the preseason, um, you know, it was good. I, I got to uh, travel to the uh, when when the Butler women played at Illinois uh, last fall, and got to cover the game there in the you know at the new, at the new stadium. And it and it happened that game happened to be senior night. So um, one of my former players, Meredith Johnson Monfort, was even with all the health battles she had her last couple of years at Illinois, she was able to compete in that. Uh, senior senior game and so that was that was really a treat for me um I, I love actually report these teams that you know I just watched on tv in the past and now I'm able to watch them live and I'm actually part of the of putting on the game itself 
either by doing the stats or, or writing up about the teams. So it's, it's really a different level for me and I, I really do enjoy it. Now you made, made reference to this earlier and I wanted to follow up on that. Your first degree was in uh, landscape architecture and you actually worked for a few years at, at Greenview. So, you know, you, you made a, a pretty big of a career change at that time when you left the architecture, landscape architecture for teaching and then now another one. But, but talk a little bit, you know, as you got out of high school, was the, the landscape architecture something that you saw yourself doing or how did you kind of get into that area? Um, I went in, I, you know, I actually enrolled at the U of I in just architecture. And, but I honestly did not have, I didn't have a lot of background in it. I don't know what prompted me, you know, specifically to want to do that. Um, and I, I transitioned while I was there, I was able to transition and still graduate in four years, but I transitioned over into landscape architecture. Um, and I, you know, I thought I might want to design golf courses or, um, you know, and again, the whole park, parks or something like that. Um, I, I worked, you know, I got a job right out of school and was working at Greenview in Champaign. And uh, I enjoyed the people, I enjoyed doing design, but I learned pretty quickly that my strengths weren't being a salesman and much of that position was sales. It was, you know, sales, sales, sales. And um, at, at the time my wife was also teaching, I was around her, I was hearing stories and hearing what she was doing. And I just thought, you know, I really think that that might be something I would be more interested in uh, doing. So I, I just made the switch and went back to college and, and got my degree after, after doing that three years. I've continued doing landscaping. I did it in the summers for about 10 years until we went down to Honduras. And, you know, I, I, I continue to do things here and there, but um, whether that's something that'll be much more in my future, I don't know. I wanted to follow up on that as well. Uh, I think it was in, in 2006, you started a, a nonprofit for those in need down in Honduras. Talk a little bit about how you kind of got associated down there and, and involved with, with those people. Yes, so that, that came out of our, um, I think I mentioned before, we were down there from 2001 to 2003. And when we came back, I started to take uh, groups of mostly high school and college students um, with, with some other adult chaperones would usually take one trip a year down there and, um, just continue to do either sports activities or small, small construction projects and things. But a lot, several of the people who were going at the time, mostly Muhammad Seymour students, um, some of them were going multiple times and were building relationships and getting to know some kids down there. And there were, it actually started by a couple of girls wanting to help a girl that they had met down there go to school. It started as something as simple as that. And, I, and it was kind of like, well, yeah, we can do that. We'll figure out, we'll, we'll get these donations. And over a few, you know, it took a, took a few years, but we kind of were like, you know, if we're going to do this, we need accountability and we need a board because we've got money coming in and and so we went ahead and started the nonprofit organization, Mission Roatan. Um, it's very small and we don't, we don't necessarily try to grow the organization for the organization just to have a bigger nonprofit organization. 
we just have it for our specific things that we do. We've continued to support people down there. We actually have a sister organization or a partnering organization down there now in Honduras with, with someone that, that helped me with the soccer programs when I was originally down there. And he's actually the director of that. And so we support them. And so it's grown and, and that, you know, we have a website for that mission Roatan.org and the, uh, the Honduras organization is called Corazon Catracho, and it has a link. It has a link on that same website. So I, I don't spend a lot of hours on a weekly basis doing that, um, but I do spend enough hours each year to where we continue that going and, and continue. There's a lot of people who, a lot of them in, in Muhammad area, um, and I took a couple groups from Fisher down there as well. So there's a lot of people who continue to support people down there in some of the projects that we do. If you would reflect a little bit on your, your years coaching soccer in Muhammad, you, you took over a program that was kind of, uh, you know, getting established and, and really built it up. I think in, in your eight years, you won what, five regional championships and five coach of the year honors from the News Gazette. So uh, really elevated the program. Talk, talk a little bit and, and reflect on some of the memories and highlights from that time. Yeah, I, I was, you know, the, the JV coach for three years uh, while Neil Anderson was there. And, you know, he, he, I think he raised the level of the program prior to him being there. It was just a program that really struggled to win three, four games a year. Um, and I remember, I think it was the second of the three years I was the JV coach, but one of the years, you know, Muhammad won a regional championship and that was a big deal. Um, and then he moved on. And so, you know, I sort of took where he left off and, and we just kept working to get, you know, more and more wins each year. Uh, I give a lot of credit to the, the Muhammad Seymour soccer club. Um, you know, a lot of what we were able to do during the years I was there was based on the depth of our program compared to you know, just the numbers that we would have and the numbers who were playing club soccer. Um, and uh, I just think all of that together helped the program grow and grow and grow. And I think it's continued to grow since I, I left and improve. And so uh, I have a lot of good memories of, of you know, back then it's, our, we had big rivalries with the Champagne schools, with, with STM and with Central and with Centennial and, and Urbana. And, um, you know, it was, those were big, big games. And um, so, and I, I'm not sure they have as much, that, that those are as much uh, competitive rivalries anymore. But um, for us, those were huge games and we won some, we lost some and, and uh, they were intense and, and, uh, you know, at the time, winning regional championships was a difficult thing to do. The, the furthest we ever went was we went to the sectional, the 2A sectional final one year. One, we won the sectional semifinal one of the years. And, uh, but we had trouble ever getting past Normal West, in, which was one of the largest schools in 2A. I think they've moved on to 3A now. Um, but, it, you know, that just keeps evolving and evolving. But I certainly have a lot of good memories, uh, with a lot of good players, and a lot of good teams. Before I let you go, one more question. Uh, Butler was in the news recently for hiring a new men's basketball coach, and 
A lot of people know of Thad Mata because of his uh, time at Ohio State. Uh, I've been around long enough. I know about him from uh, when he was born and raised in Hoopson, Illinois, and uh, playing high school basketball there. So I, I go back to, to Thad when, when he was a teenager. Have you had a chance to meet him yet and, and form some impressions of the new Butler men's basketball coach? Yeah, it's certainly uh, it's certainly a, a, a very positive and excited atmosphere around around Butler um, with with his hire. And yes, I too, I believe. I don't remember the exact year, but I'm pretty sure uh, he played in the state championship, the assembly hall when I was in college. And I remembered his name from there, even then when he moved on. Of course, when he was at Butler, I don't think I heard much about him, but certainly when he played there originally, but certainly when he moved on to, uh, to Ohio State, um, I, I certainly remembered the name. And um, now he's come back to Butler and as I said, the, the Butler, at least us in Hinkle Fieldhouse and the administrative staff, and there's certainly a lot of, of excitement. We had his news conference, I believe, last Wednesday, um, which was a big deal. A lot of, a couple thousand people came just, just for that um, in Hinkle Fieldhouse, and he's, he's getting his staff put together now, putting some of the final pieces together on that. And uh, boy, things are certainly a lot different with the transfer portal now. You know, Butler struggled this year. It was a tough year. And um, the, the coach is, was someone that I think everybody at Butler wanted to succeed. You never heard anybody say anything, but he, but he was a great guy. And so it was it's just a difficult year um, because I think people knew it was time to move on or that the program needed to move on, but boy, they, it was sure tough because everyone liked Laval Jordan so much. Um, but I think it was the right, there's just a buzz now that, and uh, there's just so much, there's a lot of interest, even just on a daily basis now. Of, there's a lot of interest in Butler basketball. A lot of the, all these players are out there looking for new places and trying to find where they're going to fit in. And, and I think Thad Mata is going to be able to, uh, well, looks it's looking like he's going to be able to he's brought in some good assistant coaches and going to be able to bring in some good players too so it should be an exciting exciting season for Butler next year yeah no doubt and you know the way like you say with the transfer portal now I mean a team can be down one year and you know be at the top of the conference standings and go a long way in the tournament the next year so it's uh it's hard to predict based on on what they they've done the previous year I know that for sure that's true. And, and even some of those players will play different when they get a new home, they get that new environment. Sometimes they just see, see something new. And so it's, it's hard to even predict how or, or how they're going to mesh with the other new players that come in. So there's just a lot of unknowns. That's for sure. We've been talking today with Joey Gruner, the former uh, Muhammad Seymour girls soccer coach and former teacher at both uh, Muhammad and Fisher, uh, as well as Urbana, uh, now working over at Butler University in sports information in Indianapolis. Uh, before I let you go, Joey, anything else you'd like to add? No, it's been great. It's been great to chat with you. And, and I was able to share with you that, you know, things that I thought would be would be relevant and that people might find interesting. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Before I let you go, I'll tell you, uh, as you start to meet the, the media people around there, uh, a good friend of mine who I used to work with at the News Gazette is David Woods. And I believe he's on the, the Butler men's basketball ball beat. Uh, beat. So if you haven't met him yet, uh, I'm sure you will in the days ahead and uh, tell him I said hi. He's, he's just a wonderful guy. 
Well, I tell you what, I set in the media, I, I set up the media area for basketball, men's basketball, and then I sit in that area for the games, and he sat right in front of me for every men's basketball game. So yeah, I'm familiar there with you it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Joey, thank you very much for your time and best wishes. We'll be in touch. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you.